welcome Marvelites to an all-new edition of the MCU Exchange Podcast. My name is Zeren and I'm your host for this episode. Alongside me is Charles. What's up? And Joe. Hello! Just want to give a shout out to all our listeners over at YouTube, uh, Spotify, and our new our new home, Anchor. It just supposed to debut this yeah. week. Uh, yep. Please do <laughs> like us on Facebook. We're still giving out more contents, exclusive contents. That's facebook.com slash the MCU Exchange. You can also check our website. That's www.mcuexchange.com. This has been a crazy week, not just in terms of news, in terms of the virus, guys. You know, it's been spreading all over, not just the country, all over the world. It's like spreading like wildfire and people have been, you know, panicking They don't know what to do. It affected major industries, the movie industry, sports industries. We're going to talk about it here in the rundown. First up, we're going to talk about the effect of, effect of this one to several MCU properties. It's been reported just now, literally an hour ago, that Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings production in Australia have been delayed because of because director Destin Daniel Critton is awaiting his test results from a coronavirus testing. There's no confirmed reports yet uh, that there is a coronavirus case within the cast and crew. They're just waiting for... Uh, Charles, what do you think is the effect of this delay? It's so crazy because just as, we, just as we were talking about what to talk about, you know, this episode, this shit breaks. Um, especially in light of the, all the cancellations with... Or rather, the delays with Mulan. New Mutants is getting delayed again for the thousand time. Um, mm. It's crazy to see one of the one of us, one of the people, you know, one of the people working on the MCU possibly get sick. Um, yeah, I know uh, the director of Shang Chi is only taking the test after a precaution. It's not confirmed that he has the the virus, but he's being careful and he doesn't want to get the rest of the production sick. But because they're filming in Australia, ironically, or rather, coincidentally, Australia is the location where, where Tom Hanks got the, his own coronavirus, so no. it's pretty scary over there. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that the production is going to get delayed, the entirety of the production, in just a couple of weeks or maybe even days because Australia has conf- 156 confirmed uh, cases, cases currently. Yeah. And that's only the confirmed stuff. Who knows how, how, how many people actually have the disease or contracted it. So, yeah, it's crazy because even over at Europe, in Prague, you know, Winter Soldier is sort of delaying their, their production over there. They're going home back to Atlanta to possibly resume. But, yeah, it's just so crazy that we're all experiencing this. I know me and Aaron here in the Philippines have our own shit going on with the government. You know, mm-hmm. our, our capital is about to enter a state of lockdown in just two days. So... Yeah, you know, people get are going crazy over it. People are wondering how it's gonna affect their livelihoods and everything else. But yeah, this whole thing is unlike anything we've seen in, I guess, in the past, maybe in this millennium. You know, I I have a lot of respect for the director to say that he wants to do this precaution, especially with having a young child. And it's extremely important that you know, and I think this is something Marvel respects is that he looks at his family first. Um, it, I mean, it's it's all of it is heavy. Uh, like Charles already mentioned, we in Austria are, are waiting for the official announcement. It's just a rumor going around that everything's going to be locked down. And only every tenth supermarket will even be open. So right now, no one knows how it's going to be handled. My own office, we were sent home uh, in teams now, so that only half there's a half risk of people getting infected. 
and it, it's crazy. And and to be honest, as as sad as it is to say, okay, we're seeing everything delayed. I I'd rather we have this this focus on health. Um, yeah. Coronavirus is is it spreads very easily. It spreads very fast. So it's it's not about this. Is, we're not talking about a new plague or anything. We're just talking about a disease that just has a really fast way of spreading. And of course, on one side, it's going to be very interesting to see how all the industries recover from this, not just the film industry, because this this is going to hit them for at least this first half year. And I mean, it looks like we're going to either stockpile all the film releases in the second half year, which will be very difficult for films to survive this year. Or we're going to see a lot of delays into 2021, like with Fast and Furious. So it's, and plus, we don't even know how long this is going to hold. I mean, Wuhan, the epicenter, is finally seeing a decrease in cases. So we're already on that direction, but it only just really hit Europe and and the rest of the world. So it's going to be... It's going to be really interesting because they're going to have to recover from it somehow. But right now, I think health is most important. Just to give you a recap of the coronavirus effect, so we're talking about it. First off, the Shang Chi news has been has been dropped earlier. Uh, also, the Falcon and Winter Soldier um, halted production in Prague. Uh, they're I, I I think they're at the latter part of the production, and they they were sent home because uh, the government of the country decided to close down schools give restrictions yeah. to travel, and uh, they went back to Atlanta. Good thing, the good thing is they w- they were able to get back to Atlanta even before the travel restriction. So that's, a, uh, and I think that they will, uh, they will continue. I think they will continue production after several days. That's what I read. Like, I want to get your thoughts on this, guys. What if Black Widow gets delayed? What's the overall effect of that in phase four? I think it's just going to move phase four by half a year it's not gonna be a massive mm-hmm. thing I, I, I mean at the end of the day these are just fucking films they're not yeah. no, they're, it's, more, it's more important to get everyone in the production safe get get the audience safe i mean i'm sure the last thing disney wants is to get you know fans who who have been supporting them for years sick and possibly you know mm-hmm. put their life in danger so it's it, it sucks they're gonna lose money they're gonna you know, everything's going to shift. Um, as Joe said, if, if, if every film is going to come out in the last yeah. half of the year, yeah, it's going to be a crazy, you know, movie schedule problem. But, you know, health comes first. I still think Black Widow is going to make the money it needs to make. It's just going to, the delays will cost for the, for the company and that. But I, I think that the big thing right now, as Charles said, is, is just they're trying to focus on health. And, Films are an important part of this. Ironically, I think this is the time for Disney Plus to kind of push itself to the forefront. They don't have any major releases now with the people being stuck at home. Um, Because the market is going to shift. Everything that is digital, that you can order something, that you can stream, watch online, is going to be the predominant element right now because people can't leave their homes. Um, And it'll be interesting to see how that is being handled moving forward. Um, especially if now how long this effect is going to be. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see if they say, okay, let's take the risk of delaying it to the second half year. How close will they push it to the Eternals? Uh, it, it's going to be a lot of decisions right now. And I, I think they're going to do what is right for cast and crews, for families, for viewers, 
I, I, I think they're going to make the decision what is important for their viewers. Um, I'm seeing here that there's been a shareholders meeting in the past two days, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier footage was revealed. And do um, you think that Bucky and Zemo will work together in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Joe, your thoughts? I, I really do think that's going to be the, fa- uh, the thing. I kind of want to see, because the Winter Soldier in the comics... He, he still is always a very gray character, so he's a, a hero who does some shitty stuff. And I can see him kind of dragging Zemo out as the one person who has a lot of knowledge and who knows a lot about these Super Soldier Serum fakes that, that they were recreating to copy the Winter Soldier. Um, I'm curious, though, if it's going to be like Zemo has a master plan of escaping and then he catches him, or if Bucky kind of take Zemo in custody so we have a kind of road st- road trip between two very unlikely characters um I I do like the the line that was like between Bucky and Sam where they say they're not really friends they just had a yeah. mutual friend and they need each other now it's it's a very good thing that I think could be like the theme of it like people that are unlikely to work together we'll kind of sort of have to work together to solve the issue. We have a new Captain America. We have Falcon, who actually was supposed to be Captain America. They might work together. Bucky fighting alongside a new Captain America who's not his best friend. I I think we're going to see a lot of unlikely pairings throughout this series. Charles, how do you think that uh, the friendship between Sam and Bucky will develop in the series, knowing that they're already discussed that, hey, we're not really friends. We're just, you know, two guys with a mutual friend who now need each other. How do you think that will, that will develop? Yeah, so for those who didn't read the footage, uh, the descriptions, uh, they, they show that footage uh, that's seen between uh, Bucky and Zemo. Basically, you know, Bucky sort of interrogating Zemo about some stuff that maybe he only knows, like the super soldier serum. I'm sure Hydra had probably information on the super soldier serum in that red book, that red ledger. Um, and then there's a scene between... Rather, a scene of a, like a homecoming, like a football game that we've seen sort of in the trailer. Basically, it's, where, it's the moment where they announce John Walker to the world. And of course, as the scene, like Aaron's mentioning, the scene between Sam and Bucky, them sort of being at odds with each other because, you know, now that Steve's gone, the, per, the one person that's sort of tying them together is out of the picture. You know, are they even friends? They even have to work no. together now that, you know, our best friend's gone. Um, and, and, I find this dynamic very interesting. I didn't consider it because, you know, in the trailer, you know, Sam and Bucky sort of, you know, do that cool ass handshake, that predator handshake between them, the biceps, mm-hmm. the biceps yeah. like that. It's a cool moment between them. So uh, I am wondering if that's before they fight or before th- after things get heated. That's where they sort of make up. But yeah, it's such an interesting thing to think about. You know, these two guys. Sam makes that joke with uh with with Bucky in the chair in, in the car seat in Civil War. You know, I hate you. Two of them fight. It's two. It's the two of them bickering. So, I wonder if that's actually serious. It's not just a funny thing that they're throwing at each other back and forth. You know, what if there's actually resentment with one another? Maybe Bucky's jealous that Sam's best friends with, uh, Steve's best friends with Sam, and you know they've been friends for a hundred years, and now this guy just just comes into the picture. Now they're yeah. best friends. I wonder if Sam feels the same way that, yo, dude, I'm fucking helping you out here. Why are you f- doing everything for this assassin? Just because he used mm-hmm. to be your friend? I wonder if there's that sort of resentment, you know, between the two of them. I'm sure this, this show is going to explore it. 
it's it's odd, especially because at the end of Endgame, it seemed like they had a mutual respect scene, where yeah. where, where Bucky yeah. told him to go to. He's not waiting for him. So I'm, I'm yeah. really curious what how I could even see like Bucky kind of getting tired of uh, of uh, Sam's shit by saying, "Oh, I can't be the Captain America." He just says, "Either you are, or you aren't." Or why the hell did you give up the shield to the government and stuff like that? I could see that being like the crux of their relationship. And, we're, and this premieres this August, and I hope that it will not be delayed. As of now, it's not going to be delayed, right? Yeah, I don't think I don't think it will be delayed because we're getting a home release. That's actually the safest way to consume stuff. Just stay at home, you know, don't infect people. So I think all the streaming service stuff. It's gonna be it's gonna be right on schedule, assuming they've wrapped up production. But you know, it's the production that that's the craziest stuff currently. Yeah. All right, moving on now. We have MCU movie news. It's been a while since we have an MCU movie news. Thor: Love and Thunder will feature the Guardians of the Galaxy. It has been confirmed by none other than Groot or Vin Diesel. Uh, Charles, what what do you think? Will it feature the full Guardians theme, or it will it just feature? Rocket and Groot, because you know they have that connection with Thor in the Avengers films. I mean, we've been sort of speculating on how the Guardians are going to fit in, or how Thor is going to fit in into their film, vice versa. You know, for yeah. the longest time, we talk about it in previous episodes. We, we we all have our fun theories on on, on how <laughs> we could come together. Um, mm-hmm. I think I I I'm still sort of on on the same boat as we were before that. We're going to see all of them. Early in the movie, and Thor gets kicked out, like some shit like that. And yeah, the beginning. I, I think I think that's the most likely option. Um, mm. I think it's I think it's more unlikely to maybe let's say get Rocket for the entire movie, get Rocket and Groot. Um, but I would I would also wouldn't rule that out because you know these characters have such great chemistry, and Marvel would be crazy not to at least think about it or consider it. But you know. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still in the same boat as as we were before. Yeah, I, I kind of think they're just maybe a glorified cameo or something like that. I, if they're smart about it, they could. We would probably see the release of Guardians of the Galaxy that around the time they start production, they use this as the jumping off point for their story as well. So it'd be fun if like the beginning of Thor, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, they kick him out, but also the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is the exact same sequence. So it's it's I, I do think it would be nice to have them for around a little bit. Maybe they show up at the end to kind of support them in a final battle. Anything's possible. And there's still time until they start production. So another Disney Plus news. Another release date has been revealed. It, it's been revealed that what the What If animated MCU Disney Plus series is going to be released in the summer of 2021. And um, I'm not going to dive into the release date here. I'm just trying to ask you guys, what is your favorite what if story that you want to see in this <laughs> series? I'll start. With, I'll start off with you. Um, you story? know, I I would love for. So is it for like who? What what could they do? Or from what was announced? Uh, what could they do? Like, uh, I would be interested to see a what if episode of different people taking over the Captain America mantle. Wow. Like, example? Because let's uh, like right now we have Sam Wilson. Then we have like what would be if I don't know if the Winter Soldier became Captain America. What would be if uh, 
I don't know, randomly, Spider-Man's the one who finds the shield and the government thinks he's becoming the next Captain America. So this poor kid is kind of, he looks up to Iron Man, but suddenly he's stuck becoming Captain America, gets, has to get a new uniform and anything. Because you can do so much with that scenario. Or even just like, what if the shield is taken by the Guardians of the Galaxy and we kind of have a segue into one of the original characters from the Guardians of the Galaxy from the future who also has that shield? And you can kind of play around with it, or if Black Panther became it, kind of like Black Panther is Star-Lord. Charles, how about you? Um, it's not necessarily a what-if, because I'm pretty sure this happened, we just haven't seen it. I would have loved to see Steve Rogers' you know, adventure through time, returning on all the stones. I think the what-if show would have, is a, like, the perfect place to explore it. Like, I want to see what that interaction with Red Skull was. If there was any I'm, I'm assuming you know because the stone isn't there when 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 steve returns it i'm i don't know if red skull's there what if red skull returns if the stone goes back like i'm super curious on what that interaction would have been like and yeah that's what i've for me I, I think my what if entry is what if black widow didn't die and what if hawkeye uh-huh. died you know the dynamic between those and what if you know black, black widow didn't die and then at the end of the at the end of Endgame, she will be joining Falcon and the Winter Soldier in their in their adventure. It will not be Falcon, yeah. Winter Soldier, and Black Widow. And you know, uh, they have Sam has uh, has that connection with Black Widow. Bucky mm-hmm. has that connection with Black Widow. So it makes sense that the next adventure, if Nat didn't die in Endgame, her next adventure will be with those two guys. Um, next one, another release date has been revealed just recently in the annual shareholders meeting. And the low-key Disney Plus series will be will premiere on early early 2021, and uh, it makes sense because you know production has been ongoing ever since that set photos. Those set photos have been revealed just last mm-hmm. week, and um, in addition to the release date, a new actor recently joined the cast. Veteran actor Richard A. Grant is joining the cast. Guys, you know my question: Who will he be playing? In the series, I'll start with you, Charles. Will he be Kang, or will he be another TVA agent that is a more veteran-wise? I would be mad if he was Kang because Kang is sick character. Richard E. Grant is a sick actor. He plays good villains really well. Um, the yeah. thing that stands out to me here is because Variety confirmed that he would be appearing for just for one episode. Yeah, one and episode. I wonder if it's like the very. Very last scene, the post-credit scene of the final episode. I wonder if it's that. Like, if I'm being realistic, it's probably not Kang. It's probably just some character. Maybe they got him for a fan, a fun, fun cameo as a maybe an alien, like similar to the like the collector. Maybe he plays one of the elders, one of the collector's brothers. But yeah, could be anyone. Yeah, uh, I think like Kang makes sense in a way because. Like like Charles said, he's he's an incredible actor, and I think he would fit the role quite well. And if it's kind of like the Thanos scenario from the Avengers, he just turns around and smiles, and that's all we get. The question for me is, I think Kang makes absolute sense, given the TVA being involved. And I don't think they want to kind of have him be a major character for the first season yet. Plus, you know, they can kind of play around with the fact, because... We have characters like Owen Wilson, which seems to give the show a more comedic edge. Mm-hmm. So I would be surprised because we have like the Council of Kings, just different incarnations of the Kings, that they have a more comedic version of that character in this series, only for him to kind of get 
pushed away by the real Kang, by the real one that we know from the comics that's more dark and, and broody that would be played by Richard E. Grant. And I think Charles brings up a good question. Um, will we see post-credit sequences on Disney Plus? Because uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did it. Yeah, that's the question. Because we have weekly releases. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did it. But we technically don't have... Like, ne the Netflix shows didn't really do it until about, I think, the last episode was the only one where they really put one in. So the question will be, will we still have that post-credit elements in these shows as well? The tease any future projects, or will they all be self-contained within the stories? The tease might be, like, if if that's true, what if Richard E. Grant will be shown in the post-credit scene, that will set up the rumored season two. I like the theory that he's possibly... Um... The older version of Loki, we were talking about getting the younger version of Loki. I sure as hell wouldn't mind if he was the fucking older version of Loki because that would be mm. sick. That would sort of align with the one one episode kind of thing. Maybe Loki goes into the future and sees his old self and that's, that's as much as Richard E. Grant we're going to get. Um, talking about season two, going back to the what-if stuff, you know, the, the, the original report said that... Marvel was hiring this Quebec animation studio called Squeeze. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. I just found it interesting that that was being reported uh, despite the earlier reports that season two was in production. So I wonder if if this, this new animation studio is working on season two or if it's just like an old report. We're just learning about mm -hmm. it now and that they did work on season one. You know, yeah. talking about season two is for what if. It's very exciting to, to have these prospects now that i know more about Lo the loki series because initially i wasn't super on board for it not, but now i am we're now moving on to the exchange just this week we recently released marvel marvel recently released the final trailer for black widow yay so much hype guys Ooh. so much hype so many taskmaster actions so many plot has been revealed and um i'd like to know your thoughts when you first saw the trailer, what did you, what is your initial reaction to it? Like on the first watch, what was your initial reaction? And I'll start with you, Joe. Um, I loved it. Uh, I, my, I was especially high because I thought there were some absolutely beautiful sequences in this trailer, especially Taskmaster just looked amazing. And I really like the, uh, for me, the standout shot was the reflection in his goggles where for the, the first time I thought that's why he has these ridiculous goggles on. Yeah. Um, it just looked great. And I think Iron it's going to be a very... Yeah, well, the fun thing is, is it's a, an old cliche for films is that they reuse footage instead of actually showing different kinds of footage. But at least that shot or that fight sequence looked like it was made to come from some kind of security camera. It yeah. could also be that that's actually... They're going to replace it with something else. I mean, Marvel Studios isn't unknown for changing things credits uh in in post so who knows if it's also a misleading sequence and can, can you give out your your theories and who is taskmaster i'm you know i'm i'm still unsure uh so there's one sequence where we see him uh, where we see taskmaster alongside the uh rachel weiss's character which some say confirms that it's not Rachel Wise, but at the same time, they have replaced actors and sequences before, changed costumes, so you never know. Um, I I still am keeping it open that they might not even reveal it 100%. They might tease it, 
But I think it would be a fitting. I'm trying to think of the actor's name who also kind of revealed it on Twitter by doing hashtag Taskmaster. I can't remember his name. I'll be honest. It's but the, the character who he's yeah the who's playing a former Shield agent. But he's the yeah. most like I say he's the most likely candidate. Sure, you guys saw the you know our friend Charles Murphy. He's he's got a new theory that sort of lines up with the stuff he heard. He heard some time ago that. You know, I don't know where he just hears that. There's going to be actually two Taskmasters in this movie. Um, what we didn't know in what capacity was there going to be two Taskmasters. Just like mm. his theory is that the Taskmaster we see in the trailer is O.T. Fagbende. He's, he's like the main guy. Um, he's, yeah. he's, I think he's, uh, he's of African descent. Um, and sometime in the trailer, we're, we're also seeing like another widow of African descent. And Charles thinks that, you know, what if that those characters are linked together in that, you know, and that, you know, one takes over the other when the other dies. So that would make sense for the stuff he heard. So, you know, I, I don't completely no. buy it as of now because anything can sort of happen in this movie. We, we heard all sorts of stuff on who this taskmaster would be. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a taskmaster before this movie and taskmaster is simply a mantle that keeps getting passed on for each generation. Um, but yeah, so, so overall, the trailer, I found it interesting. I'm glad we, we finally got an inkling of the story. We know that, mm-hmm. you know, as, as Aaron said, Taskmaster is, turns out he's the guy calling the shots, and he's sort of breeding the next generation of widows, widows without any sort of, you know, consciousness to decide for their own, and they're just sort of robots trained to kill. I find it interesting because in the Entertainment Weekly article that came out, this week, um, uh, Scarlett Johansson revealed that all, all four of them used to live undercover as a family. I don't know if you guys read that, but, you know, Red uh, Guardian, mm. Rachel Weisz, Lawrence Pugh, and Natasha at one point in their lives lived together as a family. That's why they're all sort of getting to back together. So it's not just a metaphorical family kind of thing. I mean, they literally used to be a family pretending to be normal people, but they were actually Soviet spies. Um, I find that very interesting. I like the dynamic in the end where they're sort of bickering over the, the table. They're talking about slouching and whatnot. Yeah, There's something heartwarming yeah. about that. You know, I never chemistry. bought that. Yeah, I never bought the chemistry in previous trailers, but now I kind of buy, buy it. I wonder if they're all going to die at the end of this movie because that would be kind of sad. Um, but yeah. Overall, I feel like this should should have been the trailer we've seen. Taskmaster has some got some killer moves that I want to see on screen. Now, I I just think it's funny how at first, like without that hood, the the mask looks a little off. But as soon as he has the hood on, it just suddenly makes sense for Taskmaster. Yeah, I mean, I I'm missing the cape. If he had yeah. the cape, like I wouldn't have any problem with the suit at all. But yeah, him having that sort of mask you know we've seen designs from i think that was a spider-man game with the cool taskmaster mask i kind of wish they went yeah. for that design oh, yeah. but yeah i'm happy for the most part with what they have as long as they get the the, the photogenic reflexes correct I, i'm happy we saw in the trailer there was this moment like a blink and you miss it moment that yelena is undergoing some sort of treatment in the red room and with the marks on her face uh, not okay. sure 
not sure what's happening there. I don't know if, if her face is going to be removed or something, or if something is going to be implanted into her face. Do you think that she will betray Natasha within the movie? Mind-controlled or not mind-controlled? Charles? Yeah, it's honestly weird seeing that scene in the trailer, especially when you just look at her outfit, look at her previous outfits in the trailer. You can sort of put together mm-hmm. that. It, it happens when she's wearing that suit, which presumably is during the latter half of the film. Yeah. Uh, shit, I don't know. if. It, I mean, I kind of want them to surprise us, but mm-hmm. I also don't know how they're going to surprise us putting that there. Maybe yeah. it's a misdirect. It's one of those scenes that won't make it into the movie. It's just something yeah. they just yeah, put in the trailer. It could be that, or it could be maybe... It could be maybe after that... That last scene in the movie, maybe it's the post-credit scene where, you know, the assumption is Yelena dies and Natasha takes her jacket. What if she sort of doesn't die and they maybe revive her somehow through, I don't know, scientific means and they turn her into one of the, another bad guy because we're getting Thunderbolts and God knows that the Thunderbolts could use another version of Black Widow on their team. So Mm. it could be that. I mean, the cliched route is they have su- they have a thing that can mind control people, um, that they take one character, mind control her, and have a like a final boss that she has to kind of save her without killing her. Um, I don't think the face swap thing is real because that wouldn't make any sense. I only if for some reason in Endgame that version of Black Widow learned the entire backstory and relationship between her and everyone. Um, but I, I think I if they go the cliche route, I could see a mind control Black Widow fight because they set it up with a fight earlier in the movie or they go a completely different route. And that's actually a red herring that they're just, she gets captured and they just have to go save her before they do anything to her. So she's the MacGuffin pretty much that brings them yeah. to the, main location of where the Black Widows are, the original Red Room. I, I could see that just being like the catalyst for them. They save everyone, they get everyone out, and they have to, they have like a, the stakes are raised because Yelena might be hurt or killed or whatnot. Okay, that's been the exchange for the MCU Exchange podcast. Please do like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MCU exchange the MCU exchange, sorry. You can also follow us on Twitter twitter.com slash MCU exchange. You can also Click subscribe over at YouTube for all amazing video contents made by Charles. That's MCU Exchange. <laughs> and you can also follow me on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Aaron Sheeran. That's A-E-R-O-N-C-H-I-N-O. Joe, your Twitter. At that Abel, T-H-A-T-A-B-E-R-L. Charles, your Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CFS Villeneuve. Um, one thing about the, the podcast, we migrated to a new uh, host. We're now on Anchor.fm. And weirdly enough, Anchor uploaded us to a bunch of other sites. So we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to link really? that when we, yeah, we're, I'm going to link that soon. Mm-hmm. I think we're on like three new platforms. So awesome. we're going to announce that. But yeah, thanks, Anchor, for doing that. Uh, but we're still on Spotify. We're on the same channel as before on Spotify. Uh, we're not on Podbean anymore. But we're going to upload all the links very soon. And uh, we're inviting everyone, every listeners, to suggest topics or give out comments for a chance to be featured in the show. We'll give you a shout-out. Yay. And that has been the MCU Exchange Podcast. Till next time, and keep safe, everyone, from the coronavirus. And I hope you are all safe.
Bye, guys. Bye. See ya.